0: This is the Hockey News podcast.
1: Welcome to the Hockey News podcast, uh, presented by Betmgm McKenney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, for the last I would say three weeks before this, um, we have started every show, ended and then started every show, being like, "I wonder if there'll be a Jacob Chikrin trade." Right. We finally, it finally happened. Wonder no longer. Wonder no longer. No longer. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about the trade deadline. It was it was a pretty, well, the days leading up to it were pretty crazy. Yeah. The actual deadline still had a lot going on, but mm-hmm. maybe not the high impact stuff that uh, that came before. I guess the top story, though, um, and this is something, again, after the trade deadline, I was barely conscious for the weekend, so I actually missed it until today. Um, but QMJHL Commissioner Gilles Courteau, uh, uh, he resigned. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually, he, he was called to, testify in front of Quebec Parliament to talk about the hazing lawsuit that had been going on in the CHL, Um, and uh, out of nowhere, he resigned. Now, we don't really, like, what's great about the Hockey News is that we have so many different podcasts covering so many different leagues that we have one on the QMJHL, on the Q, lovely show, and they really, really got into this in in detail, more detail than I think we could. Um, So if you want to go and and get some really hard-hitting stuff on that really, you know, informative, you know, sort of uh, a critical analysis on that. Go check that out. Um, all of our podcasts are now on different feeds. Uh, so just search up the podcast you like in any of your podcatchers. It'll be there. It's lovely. Um, but Ryan, why don't we start out with, uh, with the trade deadline? Basically, now we know, like everyone knows who moved. We don't have to dissect all the, all the different trades and go through all that. We, we did that. I did that on <clears throat> staff and Graph. Everyone's done that. What I want to talk about is that there were some surprises, mainly mm. with the people who didn't move. So, who are you most surprised didn't move?
0: Well, number one, I would say James Van Riemsdyk in Philadelphia. Absolutely. At one point, we thought he had been traded to uh, to Detroit, and uh, it did not happen. Um, You know, uh, a significant cap hit, but he is a UFA in the summer. Also, you know, the Flyers, uh, I think a lot of people thought they would be some pretty decent sellers based on the fact that they're not in the race whatsoever. You know, they have a lot of young guys coming up. Uh, getting good opportunities under coach John Tortorella. Uh, and I know a lot of Philly fans were livid at GM Chuck Fletcher for not doing more. Um, so th- that one was a surprise because, again, you look at JVR, uh, a veteran who has a ton of playoff experience. Yes. You know, He's a guy that can really help your power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got good size. Uh, you know, he can be that guy around the net that, uh, that pops in loose pucks uh but there there wasn't a fit and you know looking at it now i know you know chuck fletcher i I think he was saying uh you know this summer is going to be bigger for the flyers and that's fine um you know if he didn't get what he was looking for i I guess that's one thing at this point now all you can really do is you know trade his rights before he becomes the ufa but you're not going to get
1: not, you're not anything, getting anything for that yeah
0: maybe you get a seventh rounder who's if you're trading lucky, for but.
1: who's trading an asset for james van reamsdijk's rights
0: yeah exactly so a missed opportunity mm-hmm. there um a, another name uh, is brock besser in vancouver yeah. um it's interesting because i've always been a brock besser fan uh you know it, it does feel like maybe a change of scenery is something that could mm-hmm. re uh revitalize him uh he's you know Always been a great goal scorer. Uh, Not always had success in that regard. Still signed for a couple of seasons. Cap it's okay. I think it's six and a half
1: per year. 6.25, I think. Yeah, something something in that
0: range. Um, He's 26. So it's interesting because, you know, you look at the Canucks and obviously the season didn't go very well Mm -hmm. for them. Uh, But they have some pretty high-end pieces, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, Thatcher Demko was hurt, that yeah. certainly hurt them, and you know, he was pretty spectacular in his return uh, recently. You got Elias Patterson, yep. you know? Quinn Hughes. You got Quinn Hughes, you got JT Miller. Yeah. You do have some bad contracts, uh, but with time, mm-hmm. those get lessened, and, and then guys become UFAs. So Besser's 26, I, you know, if you made the argument to me that they're not gonna be good when he's still in his prime, I would accept that, but I also think it's a team, and I'm sure Canucks fans will hate me for saying this. They could turn it around fairly soon. You know, like within a couple of years, if they're mm-hmm. smart, if they manage to get rid of some bad contracts, if they actually, you know, put together a, a cohesive team mm-hmm. uh, and, and get some stability there. Um, so, I, you know, I, I sort of get it both ways, but. You know, I I think if Vancouver really wanted to make the most of a potential asset, you know, I I could see teams saying, yeah, you put Brock Besser on one of our top two lines and we could get, we could turn him back into a a potential 35 goal scorer.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at at one point we thought that, like at one point I had heard that he had been informed that, that he was going to Pittsburgh.
0: Uh-huh. You know, and
1: then and then nothing, none of Classic that happened. Classic
0: Penguins move, exactly.
1: And then they eventually went out and got Michael Granlin. So maybe there was something involved in that trade that fell through. Maybe there was some health stuff. We don't mm-hmm. know. On the JVR front, though, and this was funny because you know we were doing this live stream at the end of the deadline, um, and it was mentioned on, on with you with you and uh, and Rachel Dory that you know like potentially, the, uh, you know, like, it was just spitballed that, you know, maybe the the Red Wings would have flipped them, right. uh, JVR, because yeah. it just didn't seem to align with any of their, like, they were sellers on the, at the deadline. They weren't buyers, and JVR yeah. is a buying piece, you know. He's, he's someone that a contender should add to really round out their lineup. He's not going to be, a, you know, a headliner by any means, but someone, mm-hmm. like, extra depth. And it just didn't make sense for the Red Wings to buy on this, like, 32, 33-year-old you know, like pending UFA who's very, who's pretty one dimensional and Mm -hmm. they didn't make sense. So I like texted someone being like, Hey, like what is going on here? And basically, and keep in mind massive grain of salt on this because the trade didn't go through. So there were, so all the information that comes about that trade then has to be sort of called into question. Right. I just thought it was interesting to mention that apparently that was somewhat of their, their thought process. Mm. At least that was what was out there. That's what is that like they were going to get them and potentially flipping for picks because we we're all like this doesn't make sense. It goes against everything they'd just done and they do like a buzzer beater to get James Van Reemsdyke. Right. It makes no sense. Yeah. And apparently that that was it but then obviously got pulled back and apparently um, Chuck Fletcher was like we didn't even really like I I don't know how that even got reported in the first place because a lot lots going on there. One uh, two players and these are more like because you named the the two obvious ones I think and these were sort of like, you know, I, I didn't really necessarily like they weren't slam dunks, but I was kind of surprised that no one took a swing at these guys. Okay. Um, number one was Nick Schmaltz. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, now the big thing that was holding him up is that Arizona, um, they 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 have the three be, because they were you know they they laundered the Patrick Kane deal like mm-hmm. they were part of that. They used up all their three retained spots. Mm-hmm. Nick Schmaltz, I believe, is at five eight five or Something five like seven that. five yeah. for for uh, this year and I believe the next three years after that. So any team that was going to get him um would have to either take the entire cap it which very very few contenders have that kind of space right now Um, and i'm assuming it'd be a contender trying to get him or uh they'd have to get another third team in there to launder it through and then pay more Um, but like this is a this is a really good player it's almost a point per game guy in the arizona coyotes he's he's maintained that that close to that scoring pace for the last couple of years he's really young yeah. Like, I, like he would have been a phenomenal piece. I like, for example, I thought the Leafs should have been in on him. You know, he's, he seems like the kind of forward that would really help round out their forward core. Um, and another one, and this is just based on the speculation is like Pittsburgh really kicked the tires on JT Miller. Mm-hmm. And like, that was a guy who it, obviously that deal hasn't even started yet. It's going to be difficult yeah. to move, but like this is, and, and you know, he's a, arguably the worst defensive forward in the NHL, other than like Patrick Kane, who did move. Yeah. Um, so there was always going to be, and, and, you know, there's all the rumors of, like, the clashes in the dressing room and whatnot. There was always going to be baggage there. But, you know, JT Miller is still a productive hockey player offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a team like the Penguins, who would just need to throw everything at the wall to keep, totally. this, keep this going, um, I was surprised that, that they didn't find a way to get him yeah. um, or another team to get, get him. Like, I just, I thought for sure, <laughs> I didn't think for sure, but I thought there was a good chance that we'd see a Miller trade. And then there was reporting saying, like, hey, there's a pretty good chance. And then nothing happened. Um, so it was weird that the Canucks, other than like maybe Luke Shen that they bought, they got Phillip Ronick, who is currently week to week and then is, is apparently commanding a $7 million AAV in his next deal that's coming up. Um, so very, very, very odd, uh, moves from certain teams, but mm-hmm. Hey, like, yeah. So those are two that maybe weren't like slam dunks to move. Maybe I wasn't sort of like just absolutely floored. They didn't move. I wasn't just blown out away, but two that I did have a, a feeling like these are really useful pieces, yeah. um, to, to certain teams. And I'm surprised they didn't. They didn't change.
0: Fair enough. And then I guess the only other thing to mention is the fact that Toronto now has so many defensemen. I think there was, you know, yeah. I mean, they did move Rasmus Sandin to Washington, um, but I think there was sort of a thought that maybe somebody else would go, maybe like a Justin Hall, yeah, uh, who you know has sometimes been favored by Sheldon Keefe, sometimes not so much. Uh, you know, a very divisive player in mm-hmm. the market. Um, but it, it's interesting that the Leafs have so many defensemen
1: right am I'm, I'm shocked they didn't get another forward. Like, I, like I, I genuinely am. Especially, like, obviously, they, they were never going to plan for two of their three best centers to go down in the same game. Right. Um, potentially all three because Matthews left that game and then came back. Um, but, like, I just based on where their roster was, mm-hmm. like you said, the glutted defensemen they have, um, I'm shocked they didn't parlay something of that or, or other draft capital they got or any of that. Or even the 20 – like, I would – honestly, the, the, the player – that I am shocked didn't get moved is the 2023 first round pick the Leafs got that mm-hmm. that is that was originally Boston's. Yeah. Because yes, it's great to have a 2023 pick, but like they are all in, yeah. and that's a first rounder in in a very loaded draft class. I'm shocked they didn't they didn't use that to go get a Nick Schmaltz or go get you know someone of value up front because it seems like they really needed that. And then you, you get some injuries and now you have Sam Lafferty as a two C. Right. You know like who you know great hockey player maybe not the best for a two C. Right. Um, but hey, you know the. Uh, they had a great deadline, I think, and I think a lot of other teams did. Um, now, Ryan, you know, now that the dust has settled, there are a lot of teams, a lot of rebuilding teams that that sold off.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the
1: rosters are barren now, <laughs> um, but they do have young. That means that young players can step in That's right. and, uh, and and show their metal, show what they're worth. Who are, uh, uh, or I guess, who should take advantage of these new opportunities on these rebuilding teams?
0: Right, Young so players, uh, you know, the first player I'll mention is William Eklund in San Jose. Yes. He got called up. Uh, he was one of the AHL Barracudas' top scorers this season, so you always like to see that. Um, and you know the Sharks, uh, at least you know last night, uh, put him in a, a great position to succeed. He was on a line with Thomas Hurdle yep. and Fabian Zetterlund, and of course the Sharks had dealt away Timo Meyer, yep. uh, another you know high impact. Uh, 200 foot winger uh, that's sort of what William Eklund projects to uh, you know he was a top 10 pick mm. very skilled young man but like I say he can play a two-way game uh, played almost 20 minutes got power play time um, that's what you want to see if you're a San Jose fan It's like okay what are the kids capable of and William Eklund, uh you know their top prospect right now so he's getting some reps. I, I really like what they're doing there because you know the Sharks, Such an interesting franchise where, um, you know, I've liked how they've drafted Mm -hmm. in sort of the past decade, but they haven't had a ton of success in the draft. And, you know, part of it is trading players away. Um, Part of it, some, you know, some guys they took swings at. Uh, You know, you have a boom bust guy like Ryan Merkley, Mm -hmm. um, who is no longer with the organization. They traded him to Colorado. Um, But I, I was kind of... I was looking at it today and sort of joking like unless the guy went to umass uh in the past sort of six years they haven't had too much success like john leonard was an awesome pick yeah uh and they got him while he was at umass and then mario ferraro yeah was an awesome pick he ended up going to umass like technically he was uh, drafted out of USHL Des Moines.
1: He logs 22 minutes a night on their decor. Right
0: yeah, now. And, he, and he was a great partner for Brent Burns mm-hmm. before Brent Burns went to Carolina. Um, so, you know, they've definitely had some wins, but then they've also had a lot of players where they just didn't quite get to that point. They were sort of that, you know, that that quadruple A, as yes. we like to say, yeah. uh, kind of player. Uh, I, I think Philip Biestead was a good first-rounder in 2022. He looked great at the World Juniors. Um, but William Eklund, I would say... You know, he's kind of the first guy of this new cohort where it's like, all right, we, we need Eklund to hit. Yes. So let's see what he can do for the rest of the season. Let's put him in a top six role. And, uh, you know, so far, I, I think he's in a good spot. Got an assist. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the next player I'll mention is Lucas Reichel. Yes, in Chicago, And this is a player that's absolutely torn up the AHL mm-hmm. uh, for the better parts of two years now. And, you know, he was part of that really great German class with Tim Stutzla and J.J. Pateka. You know, they all played together at the World Juniors on the line. That was really fun. Um, And, you know, again, Chicago, we know what they're all about this year. They're, you know, they're a basement team. They're rebuilding. And and now, of course, with Patrick Kane gone, it's like everybody can move up a little bit. So Lucas Reichel, um, you know, that's a player where... It, you know, I like that the Hawks didn't rush him into the lineup, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Um, I think they've done a good job developing him so far. They didn't need to. It's true. That's the point. It's true. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we've seen it with other teams oh, no, absolutely. where no, like, like, let's...
1: That's credit to them for yeah, and, exactly. like, realizing that situation. Exactly.
0: Man. They they didn't just pull the shiny thing out, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, put it on the mantle right away. Uh, so with Reichel, now's the time where it's like, all right, what do you got, kid? Mm-hmm. You know, you can play... Fast and loose if you want. It's better to play, obviously, responsibly. Yes. But it's like, let's just see what you got. Yeah. If we lose games, hey, that's cool. We'd be we doing that all season. We, exactly. Matter. That doesn't yeah. change anything for us right now. Um, but yeah, Reichel is obviously going to be a very important part of Chicago for years to come. And now I feel is sort of the start.
1: Yes. I mean, those are great answers. Uh, one off the top of my head is Dennis Coriano. I mean, uh, yeah. he's, he's a new, like, obviously he's a new, new acquisition to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in Montreal... I mean, this is a guy who has a wicked shot. He Mm -hmm. really does have the potential to be, like, a 30-goal scorer, maybe even more if you really put him in the right situation, really nurture him. He's Yeah, you know, he's not the youngest guy. He's 25, so he's just over the hill of, like, being that prospect. But he's still a young guy, still seems to be the perfect sort of disciple um, or reclamation project for a guy like Marty St. Louis Mm -hmm. because that's his bread and butter is taking these young players who have zero confidence but great skills and basically just, like, making them believe in themselves again. Right. Which is uh, which is lovely, um, and and that's which is, which is great for him. Um, another one too that that, and I, I think he's in a great spot. Montreal has like no forwards at the moment, or, so he's he can get as much top six time as he wants, power play time, all that. I think a really good opportunity to 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 prove his metal in in a low stakes situation yeah. too. Uh, which is great. Another one is basically every young Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman. Sure. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, look, Gavrikov had been scratched for like seven, eight games before, so it's not like they just plucked him out. But like, I'm talking about like uh, uh, like Nick Blankenberg, mm-hmm. you know, Andrew Peak, guys like that, you know, who are, you know, this is this is a this is a, a blue line that is really sort of barren now. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're missing, you know, Zach Baranski. You're missing Jake Bean. You know, you have like. Uh, you know, Adam Boquist is in there. This is an opportunity for Adam Boquist to really step up and show, like, you know, look, man, like, I've been injured throughout this year, but I can be this staple top four, potentially top pair defenseman. Yeah,
0: just getting reps for Boakwist for exactly. the rest of the season is so crucial because, yeah, he was expected to be a pretty integral part of that blue line exactly. before the season began. That's why they
1: got him, you yeah. know? Like, it's, and, and even on top of that, too, like, you know, you, like, Peek and Blankenberg, they're both 24, so they're really coming up to that, like, all right, you're not a prospect anymore. Like, you're yeah. you're a player. And I think <laughs> through the end of the season here like. You have a pretty barren blue line. These guys, everyone's getting bumped up a notch. Mm. Uh, and another one, too, because now Corpusalo's out, uh, is Daniil Tarasov. Totally.
0: Um,
1: you know, I, I don't think he's actually up with the team right now, um, but that'll likely change. I think they'll probably want to get Tarasov some reps over Michael Hutchinson, who they just got.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, 23-year-old goaltender. You know, potentially, like, you know, has had it, you know has really struggled this year. Um, he's not the youngest guy in the world either, uh, so I think this is, like, and, and, you know, goaltender just is such an integral position at this point, right? Like, for anyone, we've seen great teams get undone by bad goaltending, and, yep. you know, look, is it the best position to put the guy in, you know, right now? No, because he has no support around him and no defensive support, but, you know, this is a young guy. The, the guy that was keeping him out of regular spots is, is gone. I would love to see him and Merzlikens just basically be like 1A, 1B for the rest of the year and right. prove the model. Because Columbus, you know, they, they this is a disaster season for them. Everything went wrong from on ice puck luck to, you know, to, to injuries to everything. This is just a disaster of a year. Mm. Um, and I think if you can get if you can see growth in, in you know your your potential top defenseman of the future in Boquist, in these two guys who who need to come into their own and peek in Blankenburg, Blankenberg, yep. um, and then also in your in your your young top goaltender who has some who has some experiences now can get a regular role mm-hmm. in Terrasop. I think that I think that you can take that win that silver lining and build momentum off of it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go hot take here. Okay, let's go. By this time next season. Tarasov will be Columbus's starter. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I've been Absolutely. following him his whole career. I think he's an excellent goaltender. Yeah. How tall he's is he? He's everything you want. Uh, he's at least 6'2". He might be even 6'3", 6'4". Hold on. Because uh,
1: this 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 defines how Andrew likes, or Ryan likes a goalie. He's 6'5". 6'5". So you really love him. Okay. Even better,
0: yes. Uh, and he got great coaching mm-hmm. uh, back when he was in Russia. Uh, mm-hmm. Russia's done a very good job, obviously, developing goaltenders over the years. Um, especially recently, uh, Blankenberg too. I, I definitely agree there. Uh, great story, you know. Un- mm-hmm. You know, undrafted, undrafted. free agent. Yeah. Uh, earned a contract out of Michigan last year, and a lot of similarities to Gavrikov. Yeah. Uh, in terms of being more of a defensive guy, but I mean, we've seen kind of everything from Blankenberg. You know, he got the audition last year, and then this year there, you know, there was some interest. He's getting some power play time. Remember that exactly. game we were at,
1: with it, watching the Leafs play them, and yeah. you you remarked to me, you were like. Nick Blankenberg on the
0: power play. Yeah, they're hey. just trying everything out. He's a physical guy. Give me a shot. He's a hard worker. Um, you know, I've, I've always been an Andrew Peak fan as well. Um, but you know, I, I think those guys you're you're looking at sort of like either bottom pairing guys or your know, second pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree with Gavrikov gone. It's like,
1: it just opens shoot your up. shot. Yeah,
0: shoot your shot, boys.
1: It just opens up so much space for these it guys. Is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Which so I guess sort of you know parlaying off this, which non-playoff team out of the deadline? you think has the best chance to really turn it around next year? Because, mm-hmm. look, there's some really bad teams in the league right now, but based on the moves, yeah. there's some, there's some players, uh, teams that are really positioned to t- make a quick turnaround here.
0: Yeah, so my first inclination, uh, and, you know, granted they're not mathematically out of it, but for the purposes of this exercise, mm-hmm. um, the Washington Capitals, Yes. I'm, I, might, I might talk myself out of this because they are an older team, mm-hmm. and... A lot of this rests on the health of guys like Backstrom and Tom Wilson long term. Um, You know Ovechkin. I think he'll again, like he's pretty ageless. He'll just keep doing what he's doing. Still get his Mm. you know forty goals. You know, assuming he's in the lineup uh, the whole time. Uh, They bring in Rasmus Sandin. Who's looked um, great? You know who's young and has so much potential and and has already shown himself to be a very good Mm. NHL defenseman. Um, Also, they have Vincent Iorio. Uh, one of their top prospects uh, who, you know, this is a kid, and I said this on Twitter the other day, during his draft year with the Brandon Wheat Kings, when I asked scouts about him, they were like, they kind of joked like, I don't want to say anything too good because I want my team to take him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this happens, I would say, every year with at least one player. Mm -hmm. Wyatt Johnston was another one where guys were like, shh, don't talk about Wyatt Johnston. (laughs) Um, But they tend to turn out and uh yorio you know a big guy um you know he can play physical two-way you know player you know if he can be a regular next year then that dramatically drops the age of that blue line core that's a good thing yes um so i i think washington could do it but i'm also like are they fast enough you know do they have the depth it's going to be a big summer for them, obviously, mm-hmm. and and Brian McClone going to have to make decisions yes. uh, on what the roster is going to look like. But you know that would be you know other than like Columbus being healthy and potentially getting Connor Bedard, uh, and maybe that's a bit of a cheat code. Uh, so I'll, I'll say the Caps.
1: So this this team as well, they're not mathematically eliminated yet, but they just sold like crazy at the deadline. So clearly they're not they're they're t- fo- uh, you know, just <laughs> barreling towards that. It's trade wins yeah i think look their 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 division is really tough so that's mm. always going to be the hurdle in front of them um but i really did like what they did to the deadline i really did think i i always it, they're they they did basically exactly what the caps did where they're like yeah. listen we we maybe could squeak in but like that'll do us more harm than i think good yeah so why don't we just take a step back um you know like acknowledge that you know we did great this like you know a lot of our, our good players really did step up this year um but take a step back sell off some pieces get some assets and then sort of you know turn it around for next year and like the Red Wings they learned a lot of really good things this year like they learned they got Jake they got Jake wallman for nothing yeah and then he turned into be like a legit even if he regresses because uh, right now he's he's a legitimate like top pair defenseman mm-hmm. which is nuts he turned more cider season around mm-hmm. um, even if he regresses a little bit he, and although I don't I, I've looked into the numbers I don't really see any numbers that are Crazy unsustainable right now but he's still gonna be a top four staple Mm -hmm. and they got him and they locked him up and that's a huge boost you know I think the Jacob Rana situation we don't know a lot of details about it but like it was hanging over that organization I think and they were able to sort of move on you know cut bait get get sort of uh, uh, like get something in return and then sort of move forward and then, like, they signed their captain. Like, they, they locked their captain up. They have a, they, they found their goaltender, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in so There's a lot of players on that team, you know, that, that do look really good. And I think that given, like, they, they're going to take that cap, that draft capital that they got this year. They can either use it or basically use it to wheel and deal, you, you know. know? And, and just like the Washington Capitals uh, have. I think this is a team that can make a, a very quick turnaround, you know, Lucas Raymond. Raymond comes out and, and and has a you know has the kind of year that we thought he was going to have next season. Yeah. You know like you know the steady growth from more from uh, from Sire, continued play from Wallman. I think this is this has got the bones of a really good hockey team and. We don't, like, you never know what, what's going to happen with certain teams. Like, we said this last year, but, like, you know, we thought the Bruins were going to fall off. Well, this does seem to be their last stance. They're they're not going to be able to re-sign Dmitry Orlov. Mm. You know, like, a lot of their good players are banked up or old and might retire. Who knows? They might take step back this year. Then again, we said the same thing. We look foolish. It's true. Um, but,
0: but that was injury-based.
1: Exactly. But, like, and then we also look at Tampa, too. Like, yeah. wh- who knows how, like, you know, this is a banged up team as well. You know, uh, uh, who knows if they can keep keep competing. So they, they have an opportunity to really to make some noise. I, I think the Detroit Red Wings will take a step. And. Uh, I have another one too, yeah. but
0: Yeah, sorry, just going back to We might to have our, the same
1: one here. No, I was going to oh, say, okay.
0: going back to our uh, previous conversation, uh, another player that <laughs> is not guaranteed to come up uh, this season, but will be a big part of Detroit's future, Simon Edmondson.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and then, and then another team I think is a staple is the Osh- uh, Oshawa. Ottawa Senators. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. They got Jake- They they finally they finally kissed the girl they were flirting with all year. There you go. Like they like they got Jacob Chikrin. Yeah. Now you have like you get Josh and Orris back in the fold. Huge. You know you 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 get sort of everyone gets healthy. Find something for Alex to DeBrincat. Keep him in there. Like this is a really really good team. Um. That that had some, you know, that that got ravaged with injuries. Their defense was terrible. They got rid of Zaitsev, Mm -hmm. which is a huge step for them cap-wise. They, you know, they like I said, they got Jacob Chikrin. And they didn't give up a lot to get him. It's true. They didn't give up really, like, they gave up a first this year, obviously. And I think that'll be a lottery pick because they're not going to make it. But, like, to get Jacob Chikrin?
0: Yeah. And, you know, we've had this conversation about Ottawa a couple of times. About a million times, too. Where, yeah, like, they've drafted and developed really well, well... That it's like they kinda don't need draft picks yeah. at this point. You know? They
1: need a twenty they need a twenty five year old stud defenseman who can do yeah. amazing things at both ends of the ice and is locked into term at a really good value.
0: Yeah, so now you look at their their blue line and you go, Chikrin, Thomas Shabbat, Jake Sanderson. It's like yeah.
1: yeah. I, even Artem Zub, who they just yeah. re-signed, like that that's a that's a pretty good top four right there.
0: Exactly. And, and then, then yeah, you get healthy and you know, you You get at,
1: your thirty five goal, twenty three year old top center back. Yeah. Hey, that could do some wonders. Exactly. You know?
0: So, yeah, I, I agree they're in a very good
1: spot. Yeah. I, again, obviously, with these two teams, I picked two teams in the hardest division in, in the sport. Right. So that's always going to be a pillar to maybe them not, you know, making the playoffs. But, like, we, we look at these two teams that, you know, Ottawa's still kind of in the hunt. They certainly are. Um, Detroit, I think, obviously took a step back. But these yeah. two, it would not shock me in the slightest if both these teams made it. Right. Um, absolutely. All right. Look, Connor McDavid, he set a career high in points last night. Keep in mind, this is March seventh. We're talking right yes. now, and he, and he set a career high in points with 124 last night. I believe there's still like 20 games left in his season. Totally wild. This is we we haven't in the modern era where players don't chain smoke in between periods, where they where the you know they they monitor everything in their body where they're at the peak where yeah. equipment and 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 health and everything is at the peak possible. The quinoa
0: era. Exactly.
1: Yes. Uh, we've never seen a player do this. This is insane. Like even Dreis- Leon Dreisaitl, who is a former MVP winner. You know he is he is like a solid. Over 20 points behind McDavid now. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's second in NHL scoring. This guy is so far ahead of everyone. Um, and and actually it leads into this, this topic is I was watching them play the Leafs. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at Connor McDavid, who can just score at will. Yeah. Like literally anytime, like anytime the Leafs look like they're going back into it, Connor McDavid would take it and he'd be like, all right, yeah, it's done. Game over. Um, and I look and I, I tweeted, I'm like, how are the Oilers not undefeated? Like right. how are they? This team is you have a cheat code. You have You know, you have Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's punch out. You have, you know, you have uh, uh, Jordan in in the early NBA games. Um, Can anyone stop McDavid?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets did on the weekend and... Somehow. I mean, it's, well, I mean, they didn't stop McDavid; they stopped the Oilers. Yeah. I guess that's the more. They played
1: Jack Campbell.
0: Yeah, oh, you got you have the blame sometimes. Yeah, right. Uh, you can't. I mean, Stuart Skinner can't play. But like
1: game. Connor McDavid willed that game to being what it was. It was
0: it was tight. It yeah. was tight. And like watching that game, it's like you know the Jets were up two, and like in the third period, and I was like. This ain't over. It's like, I I could easily see the Oilers hanging three on them just in this period. That would not surprise me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Didn't come to be, but man, they came close. Yeah. You know, I I think heading into the playoffs, I mean, yeah, goaltending is going to be huge. That is their X factor. Yeah, that's a huge X factor. Um, When I look at players that can actually... Slow down, McDavid, because mm. uh, you know it's like the old Shaquille O'Neal thing. You know, you can only hope to, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain, contain him. him. Yeah, you know, I would look at like obviously Colorado's the template. You know, they swept the Oilers last year, and you know, when you have a defenseman who can skate like Kale McCarr, and you know, and a center that can skate like Nathan McKinnon, mm-hmm. then you you put yourself in the best position yeah. to um, to
1: respond. Maybe not contain, but respond. Res- yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And and I would say minimize. Yeah, you know yeah. That, that's the best you can do. He's going to get his points. Um, the other team that comes to mind is Dallas because they have Miro Heiskanen, yep. uh, who very much the same uh, in terms of being a mobile defenseman who's super smart. Uh, and then you look at Dallas, and they're such a deep team, and they're a pretty big team yes, too. Yes, they are. Um, you know, that would be another squad that I would look at and say, okay, that's probably not the best playoff matchup for the Oilers, especially because they can respond with a guy like Jason Robertson, who can also put up a ton of points. Um, Not as fleet of foot as McDavid, Mm. um, but nonetheless, totally dangerous out there. So those are two teams I would look at and say, like, okay, that's, you know, those those would be the ones that, you know, the Oilers might want to try to avoid if possible.
1: Before the trade deadline, I would unequivocally say, like, I, I would unequivocally say that, look, McDavid is incredible. The Oilers are a flawed roster, and, and I do think that, you know, he can't play all 60 minutes. So there, there are going to be, you know, like, at least, you know, in the playoffs, who knows what his ice times going to be, but there will be, like, 30 minutes you of totally. the ice where he's not out there. Yeah. So you can make the most of that. Then they went out and they got Matthias Ekholm. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, well, they're not so flawed anymore. Right. That was a phenomenal, like... Give Ken Holland his flowers. I've been mean, extremely hard on him because I think, and, and deservedly so. But that was a phenomenal trade. Yeah. That is exactly what I've been screaming from the rooftops that the Oilers <laughs> need to do all season. Yeah. He went out and he took a swing and he got a phenomenal of exactly what they needed. Basically, yeah. the only the only better person they could have gotten was Jacob Chikrin. But Ekholm is still just friggin' incredible. Yeah. and um, Ekholm
0: a lot more experience than Jacob. Chikrin. A
1: lot more experience. He's been to a Cup final. Yeah. you know he he he's got that grizzled. You know. Uh, uh, sort of quality to him. Mm-hmm. I sound like a boomer, but it's true. Right. Um, and so, uh, no, no offense to boomers, Ryan. I know that I'm not a
0: boomer.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but then I like they they still have an Achilles heel in goal. Like they mm-hmm. like otherwise, I don't really think anyone can stop McDavid, especially McDavid in the playoffs. Yeah. Like we saw what that like that Oilers team last year had like, was playing like Cody CeCe on the top pair, you know, and, and Tyson Berry um, had had like a, a legitimately like non-mobile Duncan Keith back there, like being the sort of like the linchpin of their their PK and, and all that, and then they had Mike Smith who was handing the other team a goal like once a game right. from you know from behind his own
0: Sometimes net. Basically. Literally,
1: like I, yeah. I, I mean, not figuratively, like he was literally, literally handing was a goal, goal to another team, yeah. and they still made it to the conference finals and only lost to you know one of the most dominant Stanley Cup champions we've seen in the cap era. Yeah. Um, this is a much better team than that. Like right now the way the Oilers are, this is a much better team than that mm-hmm. than that Oilers team was last year. But they and, and they Achilles heel is goaltending in the sense that like Stuart Skinner, I think is great. We yeah. haven't really seen him in the playoffs, so obviously we we don't know, but right now he without him this would be a disastrous season for the Oilers.
0: They might not be a playoff team without him.
1: They're still like they were still barely on the bubble even with him for yeah. a while. Um but you like he tweaks something in practice and suddenly you're relying on on this version of Jack Campbell who mm. is in maybe like the worst mental headspace i think he's been in in his career like you we all know like you know i covered Jack Campbell for a season like we all know the ups and downs he goes through and when he's down he gets really down it's been nothing but downs this season really mm-hmm. he is like 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 he's the worst goalie in, in the league right now and he is like that the they, the Oilers should have won that that game against the Jets mm-hmm. Connor McDavid willed that team they you know they were down by two like two different times in that game. He came in and he, he made that game close. And if it wasn't for Jack Campbell putting up, I believe it was like a 740 in that game, um, would it been different? And yeah. and that is their Achilles heel is Stuart Skinner, who is largely unproven himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he, he seems to have solidified their goaltending position, but like he goes down or he falters, like, you know, he, he plays his first playoff games and he falters. Then you're relying on this version of Jack Campbell. It doesn't matter how many goals Conor McDavid scores mm-hmm. because... You cannot, like, you you cannot trust them. I think that's the only way someone can stop them. But, like, man, this Oilers team, I think they did everything they needed to do outside of getting, like, a surefire number one goaltender to replace the one that they just signed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, like, they did everything they could to shore up this roster. So kudos to Ken Holland. Kudos to the Oilers. Let your star cook.
0: There you go.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. We all know that Connor McDavid is the leader for the heart. Yes. I mean, if, if, like, legitimately, if anyone else says anything...
0: You're
1: lying. You should get your, your credentials revoked, I think. I think we should uh, we should publicly shame them. I don't think we do enough shaming in the public square in, in these days. I think we need to, we need to do the shame with ringing the bell behind right. them and, and all that. Throwing tomatoes. Tomatoes, yeah. tar and feather, you know, all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, who's your runner up though?
0: All right, so this is a very interesting question because some of my best candidates are like on the playoff bubble. Yes. And I feel that if you're gonna be the MVP, then your team has to make the playoffs. Now, if yes. if things should go terribly wrong for the Oilers and somehow they miss the playoffs, McDavid is still he's still the MVP slammed because up. I mean he like I will make an exception for the season he is having because it's just out of this world. Uh, having said that, be, you know, like the first name that comes to mind is Matthew Kachuk mm-hmm. in Florida because I mean his numbers are just off the charts, just in terms of his impact and everywhere. What
1: would they be without him? Exactly. Yeah. What would
0: they be without him? Now the problem is. You know, what would they be without him? They would be, right now, also not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's the, that's the struggle I always have when I vote for these awards, in particular the heart, is what actually matters, Yes. right? So another candidate, and again, they're not in the playoffs yet, but they're in a slightly better spot than Florida, is Tage Thompson with Buffalo. Yes, yeah. Because you look at you know what he's been able to do for that team, the way he's led them offensively, uh, been you know one of the best breakout players in the league this season. And again, what where would the Sabres be without Tage Thompson? And obviously they're getting contributions from other mm-hmm. guys. But, but he's again, been incredible. He's been incredible. Yeah. So it's tough because I guess if I'm only voting for runner up, then I would I would have those guys on the ballot because I'm not saying they're gonna win. I'm just saying that they were worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to go for a guy on um, you know, uh, a playoff team, then some of the names I would look at as runner-up would be Jason Robertson in Dallas, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nikita Kucherov in Tampa, and then David Pasternak in Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston's the tough one because they have so many excellent players.
1: And they have a goalie who's going to win the, the And they have a goalie who's going to
0: win the Vezina. Yeah. Um, it, it, so, yeah, it's very hard to win the have the Hart winner and the Vezina winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, you look at how Pasternak has played this year, and he's been phenomenal. So,
1: well, it, it's like having having one guy win the heart and another guy winning the best and be on the same team. It's kind of like when like the the movie. It's kind of like when a movie wins best picture but not for best director. Right. And it's just like what? What do you mean? Like yeah. it's the, it, you just said it's the best movie. Why wouldn't the like it? Yeah. Makes sense for me. Um, and, and this might sound a bit shocking, but it's caprice Caprisaw for me.
0: That's a good one.
1: The wild run through him. That's true. Without him, they would be like in the like Vancouver. Chicago, mm. like like that, that is like he he is their offense, I and mean, he's got uh, he's got some pretty pretty wild numbers, obviously uh, uh, this season. You know, seventy three seventy three points and everything, but like he is their offense and. Right. Uh, and, and obviously with the heart, we look at a guy who, you know, like we look at it as being like, what would they be without him? Totally. And they don't have another star, like like yeah. offensive star. Like Matt Zucurello is great. Mm. Matt Boldy is really coming along. Mm. You know, guys like that. Uh, Joel Eriksson is great defensively. But in terms of like actually putting the puck in the net, yeah. they don't have anyone even close to to the level of Kirill Kaprizov. He is far and away their star and he has led them this year. Like he is, you look at, you watch any game tape, you know, like, like over the weekend, like uh, I believe it was two weekends ago, like. The Wild pulled out a crazy game, 3-2 in, o- in OT. I believe it was against the Canucks. I can't remember, but I, I was watching, and I do know that Kirill Kaprizov scored all three goals. You know, <laughs> right. it's like yeah. He was like, he, He's a remarkable player who is just dragging this team um, into the playoffs, kicking and screaming. He would be my runner-up. McDavid, far and away the leader. You yeah. brought up a lot of great points, but Kaprizov, I mean, he's...
0: That's a great one. Kaprizov he's, is a very
1: good one. He's, he's the reason why Minnesota is still in the hunt right now. Yeah. you yeah. know, Like, if they lost him...
0: So, You're done, man.
1: Yeah. Game over. Game um, All right, so now we are going to go into rapid fire. Um, yes. For me this week. And I, I you know, like, we, we always do, like, music and movies and whatnot, but I want to get to know, like, the real Ryan.
0: You okay. And, Scary.
1: And, and I, think that, I think that that means we got to go back to your childhood. Okay. Um, and so what I was going to say, or maybe not, like, uh, this could be, be it from any point in your life, but I would, th- I would think it would probably be in your childhood. Okay. What is the dumbest injury you've
0: ever gotten? Dumbest injury,
1: like you, like oh. an injury you've gotten, but in like the dumbest way.
0: Oh, okay. So this is actually from my adulthood, which is yeah, sad. yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first house that I like bought, mm-hmm. I was oh, doing weird,
1: weird flex, but okay. All right. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I was in the basement, and uh, I was doing laundry, but there was like, lawn... there was like clothes at the top of the staircase, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see what was there. Like, I, I was like, did I, did I leave socks there? Mm. I can't remember. So instead of walking up the staircase, and keep in mind, I was like, was I like 30 at this point? Yeah, like I was a grown man. Yeah. Instead of just walking up the staircase, I'm like, I know, I'm just gonna jump in the air so that I can see the top of the staircase from where I am. And it was a low ceiling, because it was a basement, so I just smashed my head. I just literally jumped into the ceiling. Did you get a concussion? No. Did, it you de- did you leave and a Did you leave a And I felt dumb.
1: Well, probably because he got a traumatic blow to the head. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just like straight up, like the point, at the top of my head.
1: So my mine. Okay, on the surface, mine sounds concerning. Uh, so please don't be worried about me. I feel yeah. it
0: like should be your motto.
1: Yeah. On the surface, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds concerning. That's that's actually the name of my uh, memoir. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Mike Stevens story. On the surface, it sounds concerning.
0: Exactly.
1: I'm just yeah. Um, no. Th- so this was. Like during the pandemic so like like but like early like you know march april mm-hmm. and i was playing 2k and i was really like i would started a franchise mode connor knows this story like he i can i can he's laughing i me. can he's la- our producer is laughing behind the scenes he knows the story and that why i said don't be concerned because connor was concerned about me and right, this. right so i'm like don't don't worry but so we're playing to keep in mind like everything shut down like like you know this is this is right at the height of when when everything happened um, and everything is, like, super uncertain, too. Like, I, like this is when... every This is also at the point where everyone was, like, just in their houses, like, getting, like, blasted drunk, like, you know, in the middle, like, you know, just every night or, like, going doing crazy stuff on live streams. Me, I was just like, I'm going to get really good at 2K. Okay. Like, I'm going to start the New York Knicks. I'm going to become the GM of the New York oh. Knicks. I'm going to build this team into a dynasty. Gotcha. And I'm in the playoffs, um, and... I am, and, and keep in mind, I, and I have like the, the control set to pretty, because I wanted to challenge myself, so I have, the, mm. I have the slider set like pretty pretty low, so yeah. you know, it's not it's not just like a shoe in. And I think I missed probably like 14 threes in a row. Uh-huh. Like, and, and like they were they were supposed, like I had all, I, the shot timing was perfect, right. and yet it was, they were still clanking, and I was losing this game, I was furious. Like I got like, every once in a while you get the gamer rage, yep, like totally. the, the red miss, and I was just furious. I remember I was so, I didn't know what to do with my anger. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, like, you know, I, I was at an old, like, I had a roommate, so I couldn't, like, yell. Because my roommate would be like, why is my roommate having, like, a psychotic break and yeah. the room next to me? Like, what's going on here? And, I, and it would be embarrassing for me to be like, no, I just missed some shots of 2K. And so, what I decided to do to channel my anger in a moment of stupidity is slap myself in the face. Okay. I don't know why, but I just need to get, like, some anger out, so I'm like, ah! And then I wake up the next morning to my ear just... Searing pain, like it, like it feels like someone is taking an ice pick and just stabbing me in the ear, wow. like in the ear canal, and then and then it closes up completely. And I'm like, this is weird. And Did keep you mind, yourself in the ear. Like I slapped myself in the face, and I think the vibration uh, of, of the okay. slap was so hard. So I so I had to go to the I had to go to the doctor. But keep in mind, this is like the start of the pandemic. Like this is terrifying. So I basically yeah. had to wear like as I put on every bit of PPE I could. Yeah. You know, like double masked it. Uh, I had like rubber gloves. I look crazy. Go there. The doctor takes a look. He's like, "Yeah, you you ruptured your eardrum." Wow. It's like you're an idiot. You have You obviously have an ear infection now because of that. Yeah. And you ruptured your eardrum. Here's some antibiotics. Like, don't wear headphones for the next month. Like, just take it easy. And I and but I had to I had to sit in a doctor's office, start a pandemic, middle of it, and explain to my doctor why this happened.
0: Right. Slap myself.
1: And, and and I, I like I don't. You know, keep in mind, we were all wearing masks, but you can just see like the disappointment in <laughs> right. another adult's eyes. I'm yeah. just like, like you seem like a good kid. like yeah. You seem like you had a bright future. And yeah. it's just, yeah. So that's for sure the dumbest injury I've ever gotten. That's good. Um, and uh, kids at home, uh, learn, uh, like I have now, learn healthier ways to channel your anger, especially the game of rage, because they will get you. Um, okay, so my next one, and this really is going back to childhood now. Okay. And, and keep in mind, this is like, dumbest, I guess. What's the dumbest way you got in trouble back at, like, like, what is the, you, I, you don't strike me as a real troublemaker. I mean, you, yeah. were in the, you were in the punk scene, so I feel like you got up yeah. to to no good, but, like, what did little rascal Ryan do back in the day that got you, like, a slap on the wrist? And I have to think about this, this for myself, oh, too. I okay. was a bad kid, but I have to think about it, yeah. This
0: is, this is a good one, because it was sort of like, uh, it wasn't, yeah, like, my parents found it funny, but it was like, My brother and I, I have a brother who's like three and a half years younger than I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we were teenagers, and I remember this was on like New Year's Eve, because I remember when we did it, I was like, oh man, we're going to get in trouble. It's like, I hope I'm allowed to like go out tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were goofing around in the basement and we were kind of wrestling. And uh, he ended up tackling me into the, there was like an old couch downstairs. And my shoulders went flush with the arm of the couch. And we literally snapped the legs off the bottom of the couch. And then we had to tell our parents that we just like wrecked the couch downstairs. And uh, they they actually just thought it was funny. So like literally my dad gave us a pretend slap on the wrist.
1: There, wow, that, <laughs> that's, that's very funny. Um, I think like one would be like when I was in grade one and this, it's funny how certain things Seem like a bigger deal when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like in recess, me and my friends, I think we were playing some. like We were pretending we were like the Justice League or something. And you know, everyone goes out for recess, but we decided to just like stay inside and like explore the back halls of the school. You know, like during recess, we got caught, and I remember being like just terrified. I'm like, I'm gonna get put to death. Like this is, right. you know, so I that that was dumb. Just because a the principal was like, stop crying and shaking. Like, yeah. you're you just. Get, I'm just gonna call your parents. It'll be fine. Like, yeah. just go outside for recess. You're an idiot. Um. I would say another one, and this is like, I'm glad my sister can forgive me for this these days, but like, for, okay, so back in the day, like my, my, my sister is five years younger than me. I was born 96. She was born in 2001. And, um, and so she used to beat the crap out of me. Like she was a very just like aggressive kid, um. the most mellow, the most mellow person in the world now. But she like, as a kid, like sh- she would, and she would pull the move. Like whenever we'd like play for whatever, she'd pull the the illegal move where you go on your back and then just start jackhammer kicking. Like that's not fair, right. but that but she would. Um, but there was one time I think like I was doing something. like I was watching TV or something. She just decided to come in and mess with me, and I remember she hit me in the head with like a a a uh, like a metal fire truck toy, Ooh. and I'm just like ow, and so I got like really mad, and so she runs down like she runs through the kitchen into like what looked like the basement door. And so I thought, I couldn't see her after she closed, after she, she went past the door. So I thought that she had run down the stairs to hide. Mm -hmm. Turns out she was like just hiding right behind the door. So I go and I'm like slamming the door and I'm trying to like close it. Little did I know her fingers are right there. And so she starts like screaming. I got in so much trouble (laughs) and I didn't even know. Like I didn't, but, but like, you know, she just come in and like, you know how like, your siblings like you're just sitting there, and your siblings just come in and just like hit you and then run away. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. And and she's for some reason she's just hiding behind the door instead of running down the stairs. And I'm like, and I'm trying to like slam the door um, because I'm mad. And yeah. gets her fingers. Everything was fine. Like she didn't. Nothing was broken. Like it wasn't even really cut. But it was uh. just like you know if you've ever gotten your fingers cut in a do- like caught in a door, you know it hurts.
0: Totally.
1: She was like five or six at the time, so obviously she's gonna make a big deal about it. Sure drama queen in that <laughs> regard um, and uh, yeah and so I and, and I got I'm I got like you know no phone or like not I didn't have a phone at that point like no TV for like a month or so because of that and, and uh, still haven't forgiven my parents but hopefully my my uh, my sister has forgiven me um, I only had two I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna uh, get pretty deep and we did so um, that is the end of the show. Uh, like I, like we said before, all the new all the podcasts on the THN network now are on their new feeds. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own individual feeds. Go check those out so you're not just inundated with every show. You can pick and choose, but I do say they all are pretty great. Um, if you want to listen to uh, any this episode, any past episodes of this show or any of the other uh, podcasts, THN.com slash podcast. That's where all our archives are online. Um, Ryan, this was lovely. Indeed. I guess we will see you next week. Oh, my God.